Showtime! Hey everybody, he's a running man, she's Amber, I'm David Killian, no wait, that ain't it, I'm Captain Freedom, she's Brenda, he's Laughlin, that ain't it either, this ain't the running man, it's like his report, do it, Dad Drewster, how are you? I've seen you before, you're the asshole on TV. Showtime, Chad! <laughs> Welcome to episode 9090. Yeah. A Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're rolling into the offseason. The season is officially over. The long, cold, dark, dystopian setting that is that of the running man is now descended upon the NFL world. The Super Bowl's yeah. over. Nothing for a couple months. There's like free agency late next month, mid next month, then the draft. And then after the draft, boy, there ain't nothing until the summer. It's wow. That was a Stephen King book, The Running Man. It was. And did you notice, like, in the movie, it was set in 2017? Oh, it was? Yeah. <laughs> Another great 80s movie, 1987. Yeah, everything Schwarzenegger touched back then just turned to gold. Did you know Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac was in that movie? Nothing worth losing your head over there, huh? <laughs> Yeah, he was the head of the resistance. And then Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa's kid, was his, like, lieutenant. The guy that wore the stupid parade during the little TV studio attack. Yeah, it's Dweezil Zappa. Oh, my God, I never knew that. Yeah. That is good knowledge, Chad. I guess uh, old Mick Fleetwood can add that to his resume, huh? His resume consists of what? Multiple bankruptcies, cocaine addiction, and he slept with both members of Fleetwood Mac, both the women. So, yeah. Add the running night to his resume, Mick Fleetwood's lived the life we all wanted. He pretty much has. Hey, Mick Fleetwood, what'd you do? Played drums for Fleetwood Mac and showered with Stevie Nicks. Well, that hit the spot. <laughs> that was a great movie. I love the Richard Dawson. Oh, Dawson yeah. was the number one, like, host guy back then, too, so they didn't scrimp on it. Yeah, back when he was hosting Family Feud and he, he came from that <laughs> great show, Hogan's Heroes, that my dad yeah. loved. Yeah. 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 Who's your favorite villain? Fireball? Because it was Jim Brown? electricity guy which one was that dynamo <laughs> Dynamo. that's it yeah dynamo because he sang opera how could you not like a guy sing a little opera when he's killing you oh so love me was kind of the start when Sch schwarzenegger would make those one-liners after people died what happened to buzzer uh he had to split what happened to buzzer he split. What happened to Fireball? He's a hothead. How about the light? Here is Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. <laughs> Tunes, how's it going? I'm doing okay. What'd you think of the Super Bowl? I was kind of, eh. Drew fell asleep. During the game, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I was sort of watching the game while my youngest grandson, Josh, was wanting me to play Roblox. I don't know if... You guys are familiar with it, but it's this game on the phone. And it's like these games within this Roblox game, and we're playing all kinds of stuff. So I enjoyed the game. We'll talk all about that. We'll talk about everything else that uh, we mentioned earlier. We're going to hit running backs tonight. We got trivia as well. But before I talk about anything else, before we get going, we want to tell you about a website that we were affiliated with. It's called Purple Pain Forms purplepainforms.com. It's a great message board full of smart, intelligent, funny Vikings fans, specifically Vikings focused, but there's plenty of off topic subjects to talk about the college football, the NFL draft, 
even stuff that has nothing to do with sports, if you're into that. We are the official podcast and, and YouTube program for Purple Pain Forums. They are our official website slash message board. Funky Town and Dan Chat do a great job of moderating that board and keeping the topics lively and moving and everything else. Great place to go talk Vikings football. Check it out when you get a chance. The other place I want to talk to you about is our little humble corner of the internet, vikingsreport.com. On vikingsreport.com, you get all our social media contacts for both Twitter and Facebook. None of us are on Instagram. None of us are on TikTok because that's a commie spy program. Over on vikingsreport.com, you can check out our prize vault. We've also got merchandise from zazzle.com. You can get a mug. You can get a travel mug. You can get a beer stein. So go over there when you get a chance to check those two websites out. Rooster, what time is it, buddy? What time is it? All right, I'm cooler than you are. <laughs> so why don't you fix your little running back problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes, resume the countdown. <laughs> Toonses. Sorry. Yes, resume the <laughs> countdown. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. All right, we're off and running. Leave them both in there. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this show has been shot out of a cannon. Just like Schwarzenegger going to get shot out of that bobsled thing you had to go Wasn't the bobsled thing cool when it was going around the corners? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Yafit Kono was in it, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, that, that was a good movie. I mean, it was cheesy. It, it, I mean, it had its cheesy moments. But yeah, it has great moments, too. Jesse Ventura? Come on, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> Captain Freedom, brother. Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes... And you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. <laughs> oh, everybody should see the running man. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, you know, we asked about the game. I thought it was a good game. I thought really great performances by both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. I thought that it sucked that the game came down to being decided off that, what I thought was a very ticky-tack defensive holding call there at the very end. I don't know what, what you thought about that whole thing. Technically, and by the book, it was a hold. But I've always been a believer in these big games. You, the foul has to be blatant if you're going to call it through a flag. In that situation, I would agree. And they really hadn't been calling that. If that was called in the first quarter, they wouldn't have called it. If that play yeah. was ran in the first quarter, they wouldn't have called it. So uh, my bigger issue is, and I've been complaining about this for as long as we've known each other and probably even longer, that rule about automatic first down. The rules always go to the offense. It helps the offense. And the defense gets screwed over, but... In that instance, when that guy held, James Bradbury held the receiver there. James Bradbury, they're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. I think you let him play. Obviously, Mahomes thought he saw it. I think, I don't know. I think you let him play, finish this thing out. It just seemed like giving somebody an automatic first down, they got to change that rule. I don't think the penalty fits the crime in that case. I really don't. No, it doesn't. It decided the game. And it would kind of a shame, but. I mean, it happened to Philly, and I can't stand Philly, so okay, we're cool, whatever. It's kind of weird. It was a 35, 38-35 game, but it didn't feel like it. You know who ruined it for me? Greg Olson. Really? Oh, I don't know what it is about. Tunes, what is it about Greg Olson? It's the lead analyst 
for Fox Football, Greg Olson. Good morning, Greg. Oh, God. Come on, guys. Let's say hello to Mr. Greg with a little more enthusiasm, okay? Okay. Hi, Greg. Greg. We're feeling a little sad right now in Dallas, aren't we? Well, yeah. Most of the Metroplex is sad the Cowboys are out. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard when we have all these feelings, and we don't oh, we don't know what to do with them, do we? <laughs> I guess not. And what Mr. Greg says is that you should hug a special stuffed animal, you know? Do you guys have, like, a little cuddle bear? Hug no. your little cuddle bear. He has to elaborate on every freaking play. It drives me nuts. I couldn't stand it. You look pissed, Ben. It was a Super Bowl. Still a good game. Yeah, two quarterbacks going at it. That's what she said. <laughs> what do you say about Patrick Mahomes, man? Or Jalen Hurts for that matter. I thought Jalen Hurts played a well in the ball game too. First quarterback to have four touchdowns in the Super Bowl and not win. Yeah, wow, that's wild, isn't it? The whole game for me was decided by the KC O line, though. That's what won the game. Yeah, yeah I mean, because the, the the Eagles had what seventy eight sacks or something like that. In seventy. Seventy. Had five guys with double-digit sacks. First time in NFL history they didn't have any sacks in the Super Bowl. That was the difference to me. And then the good pass defense. They rolled it into one. They couldn't get to Mahomes, dude. The offensive line of Kansas City should get the MVP. The field did not get the MVP. I, I thought the field conditions were terrible. What the hell was up with that field, Ted? I mean, like, it's the Super Bowl, man. It's What's the Super Bowl. Your ass better make sure the grass is kosher. You bastard. Drop dead. I mean, people are talking about the game, or we're talking about the game, but still, like, two of the things that shouldn't even be a factor in the post-game discussion, field conditions and officiating. I, I thought they also had a horrible call. Uh, I believe it was in the first half. The, the Chiefs had already had one. They had forced a fumble and then a scoop and score. It looked like they had a second one when Hurts threw a, a quick pass out to uh, running back, got hit right away. It looked to me like he had caught the ball established possession and made a football move. He kind of turned and started moving forward before he got hit. That was ruled incomplete. Not great officiating at all this year in the NFL. And then he came out a few days ago and said it's the best officiating there's ever been. I mean, yeah, that, guy, I, that guy on meth? Remember, fans, we've raised millions of dollars for COVID-19 uh, uh, COVID relief. Um, um, so I, what, I think the, the – can I answer your question? Along with the Super Bowl now, everybody talks about the Super Bowl commercials and oh. and the halftime shows. Any any commercials stick out to you that you, you thoroughly enjoyed? I just don't think they're as good as they used to be. For 50 years, we've told them what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. For Christ's sake, Ben, don't you understand? Americans love television. Super Bowl halftime show. You big fan of the way they do the Super Bowl halftime show? Are you a fan of Rihanna, are you? Don't know who that is, Ted. I'm not Ruby? a fan. You, you a Rihanna fan? I am not. Okay. <laughs> Till they get a rock band, I'm not watching. My eldest daughter was was over at the house, and she, she likes Rihanna. She thought it was pretty good, so I'll take her word for it. Production's okay. I don't know. I, it's like I think the Super Bowl halftime show tries too hard now as well. It's kind of like in there with the commercials. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we're just two old guys that say nothing's good as it used we to be. We are. We're like the two old dudes that's sitting up in the balcony for the Muppet Show. Let's put this show out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> We are those guys heckling everybody. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. So now we hit the NFL offseason. Coaches are on the move. The Vikings, I think, they, you know, they got their guy a couple weeks ago, Brian Flores, for defensive coordinator. And now they have to start analyzing the roster. Now, last week, we started our positional review analysis. We talked about quarterback, and we pretty much said everything we wanted to say about Kirk Cousins. This week, it's running back. And what we do is we hit the position 
pretty hard. We talked about guys on the roster. We talk about potential free agents. Then we got this week, of course, we got Drew's big board. So for running back, the, the big question on the Vikings roster right now is Dalvin Cook. He's been the, the bell cow back for the Vikings since they drafted him in 2017. The issue with Cook, I don't think it's so much production. He had another good year, but it's his worth and his value. And that is where the discussion lies. Dalvin Cook is due $14 million in 2023. If they cut him, they'll take it just over a $6 million dead cap hit, but they will save almost $8 million on the cap overall. They could designate him a post-June 1st cut, and then it's only a $3 million cap hit and an $11 million savings on the cap. I don't care what anybody thinks about Dalvin Cook, the player. Right. The, the focus is his cap number. He's not going to be playing at that cap number for the Vikings in 2023. He, he's just not. A couple weeks ago, Darren Doogie Wilson, he's a local Minneapolis media guy. He's pretty plugged in if you're not familiar. He was on the Purple Daily Show on February 7th, and he said Dalvin Cook isn't taking a pay cut and would prefer to be traded. I'm not sure anybody would be willing to take on his current salary. I mean, if you can find a trade partner, okay, cool. So let's say there is a trade partner out there. You're down to trade, restructure, or flat out cut with the Vikings $20 million currently over the cap, Drew. What do you think the Vikings will do and should do? I'll be back only in a rerun. I like Delvin Cook. He's been a really important part of this team, but he's on the backside of his career. First, we got to ask if he's not going to take a restructure, that's not even included, right? That's what he says right now. I, I mean, I think when it comes down to, when it really comes down to it, like either get nothing or less than what you were going to get. He might change his mind, but that's a stance right now, yes. And other teams that keep track of all these players, if they know that he is going to leave, they're not going to trade for him. Right. So, I mean, is it a year too late to trade Dalvin Cook? I mean, he still had a productive year, but we all see as Viking fans, he's not what he was a couple of years ago. He's not. This is probably the last chance to even get a trade for him. And I don't know what you get for him. What, a third? The first thing you want to do is try to trade him. I think all you need is one team. And, and I would think the talent Cook still has. I would like to think optimistically you could get a third round pick for him. Well, I think that's what Cook's banking on. He knows there's a bunch of teams out there. He had, he would be the best back on the team. He knows it. Yeah. He's still got a lot of value. He's still got a lot of value. So he can, he can say, I'm not going to restructure and then go somewhere else. If this was three years down the road and he was had a lot more wear and tear, teams would think, oh, I think he's kind of in the driver's seat. In some respects, yeah. In terms of whether or not the Vikings get any compensation, I think, like you said, it, it just sort of what the rest of the league feels about him when, and his status. I don't think the Vikings are going to be a restructure team with Cook. I mean, you look at Quasi Dofomensi, he's kind of a money ball guy. In this day and age, running backs are devalued, and they're not going to pay $14 million for Cook. They're just not. And this is the best running back draft class we've had in a few years. I kind of like the guys that are behind Dalvin Cook right now. Ty Chandler and Kane Wangwu. If you can add one more guy that's not Dalvin Cook to Wangwu and Chandler, they'll have something. That is what I think Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings brain trust things. So out of those two guys, you don't see one being the starter yet. I think they're going to look at it from a running back by committee approach. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. They're not going to invest a lot of money in the position. I mean, some of the guys we're going to talk about in free agency here that would be good additions were only making, you know, 2 million bucks last year. And you put a guy that we're going to talk about here momentarily in free agency onto the roster. And I think you'd have a pretty good backfield.
Yeah, and I think Kevin O'Connell is okay with the committee running back. He kind of dealt with that with the Rams. And this team, ever since Zimmer's been here, Cook has been the workhorse. He was kind of the old school guy that, you know, main getting all the carries and touches and everything. So I don't think O'Connell needs – he's worried about having one specific guy, but I think we need to get somebody else either free agency or the draft. Okay. I want to talk about a guy – everybody's talking about Dalvin Cook, and that's – okay, fine. C.J. Ham is a dude – that is scheduled to make $3.8 million next year. Jeez, dude. If the Vikings were to let him go, his dead cap is less than a million bucks, 750000 with a savings of $3 million. CJ Ham had 10 carries last year and four receptions. That's so 14 divided by four. So that's like four, eight, 12. I don't know. That's a lot of money. A million yeah. bucks per touch, just about. I don't know. Not qu- no, it's not. That's stupid math. I'm public school math. Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll please bear with us, we're experiencing technical difficulties. (laughs) You look at C.J. Ham's numbers last year, and they're in line kind of with what he does every year, but they are, in fact, career lows. They're not far off, but they are career lows. It's a lot of money to spend on 14 touches. Yeah, that's what she said. Does does C.J. Ham have the same agent as Marcus Sherrill's? I, I don't know. Job every year. Yeah. Four million bucks. No, Ted, this is the year you got to move on past him. Yeah, I think this is the year when we are going to start seeing a lot of longtime fan favorites we, we're going to have to say goodbye to. So you're not convinced Chandler and Wang can carry the load. And I, I'm not necessarily convinced either. Chandler's been hurt the whole time he's been here. So that kind of leads us to options free agency, and then we'll get to your big board in a minute. Now, There are some big names that could potentially hit the free agency market. Guys haven't been franchise tagged yet, but guys like Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, and Kareem Hunt are out there. I don't think the Vikings are going to pursue those guys. They're going to, I think, want too much money. And that's just really not in line with the current money ball thing that the the Vikings, I think, are going to start instituting. But let me throw a couple names your way, Drew Bunting. One guy played for the Dolphins last year, Raheem Mostert. That's the first name I had on mine. I don't have many names. Has a market value of like 2.2 million bucks. This is like your prototypical money ball guy. Had 891 yards rushing, averaged almost five yards per carry, had 31 catches. And that was sharing time, wasn't it? He was, yeah. Uh-huh. Same with the next guy on my list, Jamal Williams. Beat Barry Sanders, single season rushing touchdown record. I think the Lions are going to bring him back. Yeah. But Spot Rack only has him at four mil. And then you got Samaj Perine from Cincinnati. Spot Rack's value got him at $3 million. Again, almost 400 yards rushing, 280 yards receiving. If the Vikings dip into free agency and look for running back, I think it's going to be guys like that. What about you? Got to agree with all the guys that you just said, but I think P-Run, Cincinnati wants to keep him because Mixon's getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, just like Dalvin Cook. Mostert would be the only guy I would even think about. I mean, okay. there's a lot of big names on here, but I don't know. There's some guys in the draft that are already better than Saquon Barkley. I don't know that there's a guy out there, maybe somebody even kind of flying more below the radar than that. They could look to sign and, and maybe bring in to compete at training camp. I think you could find a lot of value later on in the NFL draft. What do you think, Drew? I think they could. I think that's certainly an option. I'm telling you, there's 20, 23 running backs are going to get drafted this year. A very good class, Ted. If you're going to take a running back, 2023 is the year to take up this year. Well, I guess then now would be as good a time as any to talk about your uh, big board for 2023, the, the running back position.
got your top 15 players. We're going to put that graphic up on the board. And again, if the Vikings would take a guy, I would think it would be later in the draft. Right now, they only have four picks. First round pick, no second round pick, a third round pick, and a fourth or fifth, whatever it is. So the Vikings really don't have a lot to play with in terms of draft picks right now, unless they start wheeling and dealing. So let's start talking about some of these guys. Who do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about your top round guys? First thing we always do is cover for the running backs in the past three years real quick. It's not like it used to be with Franco Harris and Tony Dorsett and Chuck Foreman and Lawrence McCutcheon, all these workhorse backs, and that's pretty much all you got. Now it's more of a committee type thing. 2020, there was 18 running backs taken, Ted, only one in the first round. 2021, there was 18 running backs taken and a fullback for a total of 19, two taken in the first round. 2022, last year, there was 23 running backs taken, including one fullback. Well, there was none taken in the first round. Brees Hall was taken by the Jets at pick 36. Pick 36. 36 picks to get the first running back. I've never seen that. It is just stunning to me how the running back position has evolved, or at least the way of thinking towards the running back has evolved in the last, what, 10 years in the NFL? So in the last three drafts, there's been 59 running backs taken, Ted. Four in the first round. Does that qualify as a tasty tidbit? That is a very tasty tidbit. Stop acting like an idiot. God, we're so dumb. I think this class of running backs is better than last year by far. And I think, like I said, it's going to be a lot of value falling in the Mm -hmm. mid rounds and there's going to be a run on them in the mid rounds and the 15 you see on my board will all get drafted and there'll probably another 10. So you got Robinson and Gibbs, your top two backs. Bijan Robinson of Texas is the clear cut first round guy. He's the clear cut best running back in this draft. Kind of like Brees Hall was last year. You think he's going to go in the first round? Yes, you do. I do think he's a solid first round pick and I'm going to say something weird here, Ted, if we don't trade out at 23, if that guy happened to fall to 23, which he won't, but if something weird happened and he got to 23, you'd almost have to take him. He's that good. He is a dynamic running back, Ted. Production in 2022, 1,580 yards rushing and 18 touchdowns. And he caught 19 passes for 314 yards and two more touchdowns. So he could do it as a receiver, as a running back, Power, elusive, great vision. He's 100 yards shy of 2,000 scrimmage yards last year. Just so we're clear, let's say he's sitting at 23 and the Vikings are on the clock. You would pick him. You would select him as your guy. Under my Randy Moss rules. Best player available. You just got to take him. He's that good. If you want to replace Cook, that's your three-down guy to do it. 41 touchdowns in three seasons to Longhorns. Last year in 12 games, Ted, he ran for 100-plus and nine of them. He's a good back. I'm not saying he is including two 200-yard games, 243 versus Kansas with a 10-yard average. He's just a great running back. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league, but I don't know if the Vikings would pull the trigger on that being running back doesn't seem like their top thing. This would be a guy that would be really tough for me to pass up. This is one of the few can't-miss guys in the draft for me. Okay. So you got him as your clear-cut number one guy. Below that, you've got five guys. Let's go down to Zach Evans. You start with Gibbs and Alabama going down to Zach Evans at Number six from Old Miss. Gibbs is a very, 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 very good running back. Two-school guy, played two seasons for Georgia Tech, transferred to Alabama in 2022. In 2022, he had 926 yards and 151 carries and seven touchdowns for an amazing 6.1-yard average. He had six. Bijan Robinson also had six. But that's not the best part of his game. You have to factor in 
Gibbs is receiving skills. And when you factor that in, it puts him up in the elite right behind John Robinson. Okay. 44 catches for 450 yards and three touchdowns last year. Wow. You know, Gibbs reminds me of Ted a little bit. Who? Alvin Kamara. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's that wow. versatile, very versatile player. Wow. And he's, he's hard. He's tough nose. Could get you chunk yards. You know me. You know my my criteria for running back. If you can't get chunk yards, 50, 60 yards, touchdowns, I don't want you. I mean, yeah. you got to be able to do that. You can't just be a guy that gets three yards every run. He's a guy that could do it. I went back and actually looked at some senior year tape on him in high school. 2,500 yards rushing and 40 touchdowns in 11 games. I know it's high school, but it was worth mentioning. 5'11", 200, super athletic, super explosive, but can he take a pounding? I don't know if he's a three-down guy. Okay. Uh, you know Charbonnet, you know I like him, ex-Michigan guy. Yeah, why did he transfer to UCLA? Just because Blake Horn was going to get all the carries? That, and he's a traitor by nature. <laughs> when he played for Michigan, I love that guy's running style. Talk about chunk yards and setting up your blocks. Mm-hmm. Going to be a great player in this league. Okay. He has to get into a system. going to use him more than just spelling. You know, like the Titans got Hassan Haskins. Mm-hmm. They never use him. Right. Charbonneau's a guy, the more you play him, the better you get. Here's the workhorse three down guy. If you're going to run a committee, you're not going to draft him because like I said, you'd be wasting his talent. 40 games played between Michigan and UCLA, 4,000 scrimmage yards, super productive last year, 7.0 on the ground last year, 7.0, 1,359 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns with a seven yard average. He's a guy that always falls forward, rarely trap in the backfield. I like him. Zach, Zach attack, Zach Charbonneau. And then you've got guys like Kenny McIntosh, Zach Evans going down the line. Tank Bigsby, who I want the Vikings to draft just because I think that's a cool name. Let's look at those guys from the third round on down. One guy that a name that sticks out, I'm sure a lot of people are chomping at the bit to talk about. University of Minnesota running back Mohamed Ibrahim. You got him as a fourth rounder over some guys that I'm not sure I agree with you on your rankings. Why you got Mo Ibrahim down so low? You go for hater. You don't have to agree with me, Ted. (laughs) Listen, I know about how an angry runner, maybe the angriest runner in this whole draft class. The guy runs violent and he runs mean, and that's going to do him some good at the next level. 4,668 yards and 53 touchdowns in an amazing 41 games, Ted. What? Yeah. That's over 1,000 yards a season. His production is off the charts, man. Some things I am concerned about. His usage. 892 touches in only 41 games. Yeah, he had over 300 touches last year in 12 games. He's averaged since he's been at University of Minnesota. He's averaged 22. He's never had less than 22 touches a game. And I think Tony Bell will respect this because we've talked about this in the past. The Gophers didn't use him at all in the passing game the whole time he was there. No, no, he was not used as as a receiver. That's true. He caught 22 career passes for the University of Minnesota in 41 games. That's just not enough. The offense, the Gophers and P.J. Fleck ran. I mean, it was very, very heavy with him on the run, but he has a long way to go in his receiving skills. And translating to the NFL, if you don't have receiving skills that are off the charts, you better be able to run off the charts. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. In this day and age, again, the way that the running back position has been evolving, you have got to be a dual threat. You've got to be a guy that can catch the ball as well. The third biggest concern is the injuries. Yeah. That's probably why he fell to me. Extensive lower body injuries in the past at Minnesota. Yeah. That's a red flag to me. So you factor in those three things. That's how he comes out to be number 11. Now, I will say, if he gets the receiving skills and he stays healthy and doesn't get injured, Ted, he has a chance to be up there with Bijan Robinson and Gibbs. 
Okay. In the top three, right, I at least want to say that. Well, here's the thing. We talked about how few picks the Minnesota Vikings have in the draft. And they're probably going to need some backfield help, assuming they don't bring Dalvin Cook back. If you're looking at a guy in the fourth round on, Minnesota Vikings fans would go nuts because a lot of them are also Gopher fans and they love Mo Ibrahim. Do you think he could go past the fourth or fifth round? Or how do you see the running back position as a whole playing out in this draft? He's the biggest mystery in this draft backwise because of his potential talent. He's the best short yardage running back I've seen in college in five, six years. He's really good. He's really good short yardage guy, tremendous balance, gets to the next level, doesn't ever seem to slow down. Like I said, if he stays healthy and becomes a receiver, I would love the Vikings to take him. Okay. You got some other guys there, guys like Bigsby and Tajay Spears and Evan Hall and Eric Gray. As you work later in the draft, who are some potential late round sleepers that the Vikings could maybe look at in the fifth or sixth round as a guy that could be a Ty Chandler or kind of a a sneaky good pickup? Chase Brown is also a guy I don't want to overlook. I watched him a lot in the Big Ten. He is a dynamic back. He is, yeah. 1,600 yards and 10 touchdowns and 27 catches, another three touchdowns for Illinois. Damn near beat Michigan last year in the Big Yes, he did. He was kicking Michigan's ass. You know the Northwestern guy, Evan Hall? Yeah. You hear a lot of talk about him because he's one of those Mike Allstock kind of guys. Tremendous heart, big play potential. He's got a little bit of work to do. He'd be a guy I wouldn't mind taking a a chance on. Eric Gray, I really like Eric Gray. I don't know. When you look at all these guys, they're all good. There's not one guy that could say he's a scrub on this list. Dwayne McBride, super productive at UAB, 1,700 yards and 19 touchdowns. I mean, how do you not look at that guy? Right. Power, instinctual runner, can run in between the tackles or outside. Good receiver. Great balance, breaks tackles. A little bit of problem on the uh, top end speed. A bunch of guys I had to leave off this list, but. Dwayne McBride, Ibrahim, Evan Hall, Zach Evans, Chase Brown, Sean Tucker, Tank Bigsby, all tremendous football players. These are the three guys I hated leaving off my list, Ted, so I have to give them a shout out. Okay. Chris Rodriguez Jr. from Kentucky, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, drop a deuce. Oh, Deuce Vaughn. I, I like Deuce Vaughn. Now, his knock is that he's shorter than Kyler Murray. You can't see the dude in the backfield. Deuce Vaughn can flat out play. I would love it if the Vikings got him. Let's put him on our list. All righty. The other guy is Roshan Johnson, running mate of Bijan Robinson. The oh, yeah, they had, a, they had a really good running back tan. Roshan yeah. Johnson just didn't get enough carries. There's nothing wrong with his game, but yeah. how do you get on the field with Bijan Robinson as the starting back? So let me ask, so do you think the Minnesota Vikings will draft a running back this April? It depends on what they're doing with Cook. Let's just say Cook is not in the picture, and it's either free agent or draft. What would you prefer they do, draft or sign a free agent? Draft. Draft, okay. I wouldn't be bummed if any of these guys went to the Vikings. Fourth round would be my pick of round for when the Vikings go after a guy. I'd like Deuce or Mo. I'll be flat out honest with you. If the Vikings draft one of those two guys, I'd be pretty happy. All right, so that'll do it for our Drew's Big Board for running back. Great job, amigo. As always, I love this segment. We'll take a break. We'll come back and do some trivia and wrap up the show. My fellow gods, the dark skies have spoken. It is time for Susan and I to retire. But where will you go? Sweetie, it's not rocket science. I'm heading out. Don't forget to take Peggy for a walk. What? Yo, Zeus! Ah, a little juice. That's it. I'm done with this place. We'll see about that. Everything okay out there, baby? Hey! Little Peggy, a little walk, huh? I figure you could use a little pick-me-up. All electric. All electric. Electric Avenue. 
BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Welcome to Toots' Trivia. How you guys doing? Hi, Toots. How are you? Good. Drew, how are you? Toots says, Toots says, Toots city do. I've got another trivia for you. Alrighty then. This week, we have Running Man Trivia, Vikings Running Back Draft Picks, and Vikings Running Backs. Oh, 12 for 12. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so Running Man Trivia. This is just basic trivia questions about the Running Man. No picture puzzles on this one. Are you ready? Yep. Ready. For 100. When Arnold says, I'll be back, what does Killian say? Only in a rerun or something like that. <laughs> yes, good job. <laughs> Only in a rerun. That's great, Ted. I did not know that one. All right, 100 points for you. Number two, 200. What two other movies have Arnold and Jesse Ventura been in together besides Running Man? One was Predator. That was 1987 movie. That's correct. That's the one I just thought of. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> 1997. What the hell movie was that? Was that the one with Jamie Lee Curtis? No. Um, it was the Christmas one where, where him and Sinbad were trying to get that Christmas. No. no, that wasn't it? I only know Predator. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It's one of the long-running, like, superhero-type series. Was it the one that Robert Downey Jr. does? Nope. A superhero series? I don't remember Arnold being in a no superhero. Last action hero, maybe? No. You don't remember him being Mr. Freeze? Oh, Mr. Freeze in the Batman. That's right. All right. 200 for me. All right. For 300, Professor Tanaka won a WWF Tag Team Championship with which partner in the 70s? That would have been Jesse the Body Ventura, I believe. Nope. The Iron Sheik. Nope. Dick the Bruiser. <laughs> I don't remember Professor Tanaka at all. Oh, you don't? Okay. Master Fuji. 300 for me. For 400, what famous Laker girl and drunk American Idol judge choreographed the pre-show dance sequences? <laughs> That'd be Paula Abdul, I that believe. That is correct. <laughs> was she drunk on the thing? Dude, she was either drunk or high. She was something. Really? Oh, yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay, so Viking running back draft picks. These are picture puzzles with a little bit of a hint on what year they were drafted and what round. Okay. For 100. Name the player. Doug, Doug. Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Chapman. Yes. Good job. From Marshall. All right. For 200, name the player. Randy Baldwin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you guys even remember that guy? I do not. Not, not a clue. From Pittsburgh. I think he played for oh the Panthers. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Wow. What? I think he did. He played for Pittsburgh Panthers. Good knowledge, sure. For 300, name the player. <laughs> it's a Mad Magazine Oh, that's guy. Alfred, An- Alfred Anderson. Yes. <laughs> Very good. From? I don't know, but he wore number 46, I believe. Baylor. Baylor, all right. All right. For 400, name the player. Ted. Ted Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got his signature. I met him in San Diego after a preseason game. Oh, that's cool. From North Carolina State. State. That's right. All right. Last category. You guys are ahead by a thousand. See if I can catch up, but I doubt it. These are also picture puzzles of just 
Viking running backs in history. For 100, name the player. Kobe. Gerhardt. Yes! <laughs> Good job. Kobe Flanderson made Vikings before. <laughs> yeah, try finding a picture of air. Where did Gerhardt go, Ted? Uh, Stanford. Stanford. Oh, we got to name all the colleges. We're on a roll. We've got five in a row. All right, for 200. Name the player. Clark. Son. Something, something, son. Gable, Clark, or no, no, what was, what was Clark Gable's name in Gone with the Wind? Uh, Brett, Brett. Yes. Michelson? Irvinson? Oh, Red, Red Ellison! Yes! <laughs> that is Greg Ellis. Oh, okay. Good. Red Ellison from? I don't know. USC. All right, here we go for 300. Name the player. <laughs> Ontario Smith. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ontario! A Wizardator from yes. Oregon University. We got another one! That's right, Ted. Ruby and I got to sit with his uh, family at, during a game at the Niner game. Steal of the draft. Self-proclaimed sod. That guy wouldn't have been a screw-up in the head. He'd have been a top-ten running back all time. I, I agree. I, he had insane talent. Yes. All right. Sadly, last one for 400. Name the player. Michael... Bueller, it. Isn't that it? Michael Bennett. That <laughs> yes! That's Ben Stein. Michael Bennett. Yes! Very from, good. From Wisconsin! Yeah, we got them all! We got all eight colleges! Good job, you guys. Thank you for playing. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Tunes. That was a good show. That'll put a bow on episode 90. Thanks so much for watching. We hit a milestone this past week. We went over 17,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Wow. It's just unbelievable to me. Thank you so much for subscribing and watching and commenting. Make sure you check out our website, vikingsreport.com. Please head on over to Purple Pain Forum, sign up and start talking there. Just go check it out. Great page. Drew, another great segment. I love this part of the offseason with your draft segment, your big it's board. Fun. It's just great fun. stuff. We'll try to do better the next time, buddy. Take us home. Ted Glover! Thanks, Tootsies. Thanks, Ted. You run these shows like a well-oiled machine. And to 17,000 subscribers, I'll go Ozzy Osbourne and say, I love you <laughs> I saw Ozzy one time in Santa Rosa, and he got up to the microphone and he said, I love you, San Carlos. <laughs> Somebody in the band went, dude, we're in Santa Rosa. I love you, Santa Rosa. We are in the offseason. We are rolling right along. I wanted to let people know that we got our first prize in for draft night. It is a stitch embroidered. New with tags, Antone Winfield jersey. That's a cool jersey. This will be our main prize on draft night. Just one of many prizes we will have during our live draft show. We are on to episode 91 next week as we inch closer to the century mark. Mm -hmm. We will see you all next week. Say goodnight, Ted. Goodnight, Ted. Bomp, bomp. Give you a lift. your neck like a chicken. You can't live with them, and you can't live without them. I'm gonna throw up all over you. Go ahead. Won't show on this shirt. I've seen you before. You're the asshole on TV. I'll be back. Only in a rerun.